So turn over to Proverbs 8, and I'm going to start reading from the sixth verse down. I'm going to read quite a few scriptures because this is all probably the greatest explanation of wisdom in the whole Bible is in this chapter. And being a counselor, I deal with all kinds of problems every day. So I really need wisdom in a lot of areas of my life because people come in and I don't know what I'm going to say or do for them. But it's like as I yield myself to God, God will give me the right words to say so that they can be encouraged and be helped. And I find that the best thing we can do is share the word of God with each other because God's word changes our life. There's power in the word of God. It's, these, are, these are divinely inspired words, right? It's not just something that some guys thought up in, in, a, in a moment of brilliance, but this is God's voice speaking to us. Verse six, listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true. For my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They're faultless to those who have knowledge. So choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have understanding and power. Now he's talking about wisdom. He says, by me, wisdom, kings reign, and rulers make laws that are just. By me, wisdom, princes govern, and all nobles who rule on the earth. I, wisdom, love those who love me, and those who seek me, find me. Now, this is really important. You want, you want money? How many people here would like to have more money? You don't have to act humble. You can raise your hand, all right? <laughs> I want to get as much as I can. You know why? The more I get, the more I can share with other people, right? So I'd like to get as much as I can. I don't know why we're bashful about that. But it says, with me, wisdom, are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. See, so if we need money, we ask God to fill us with wisdom because he gives us the wisdom to know how to acquire it so we can share it with others. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasures full. That'll preach one. Did you know that was in the Bible? See, so if you, if you need money, if you want more, you pray for wisdom. You don't pray for money per se, but you pray for wisdom. And wisdom, the byproduct of wisdom is making all the money you need to take care of your needs so you can serve God at the level he's called you to serve him. I just love this chapter. Um, I, I want to go through and explain some of these. When a person has wisdom, it says, I open my lips to speak what is right and my mouth speaks what is true. So one of the products of having wisdom is you just know the right thing to say at the right time to the right people in the right way. And see, that in itself is worth more than you can ever buy. I mean, people pay all kinds of money to go to communication seminars where they teach you certain phrases to use and things like that. But the Bible says, if we are full of wisdom, that we will just know what we're supposed to say. And you never know sometimes what you're going to say that really impacts a person and touches their life deeply. Sometimes a person will come to me and they'll say, you said something really profound that really helped me last week. Well, I don't even remember what I said last week. <laughs> and I'll say, oh, really, what was it? <laughs> and they'll tell me. And it's always something that seems so trivial and so small that you would never believe that it could be of value to anybody. 
But at that moment, it was exactly what God wanted them to hear. And see, this is what happens when you have a heart full of wisdom. God just gives you the right words to say. He says, all of the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the, to the discerning, all of my words are right, and they are faultless to those who have knowledge. See, and so a lot of people argue today, and they fight all the time, and they have to have their way, and they have to be right. The only person who's right is God, right? And we're only right when we have a biblical view of life and biblical concepts in our brain, and so we speak biblical truth. That's what makes us right. So life is really not about being right, but it's about being full of wisdom. Okay? He says, choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice go. See, so we spend so much of our time trying to, to get silver and go. But the Bible tells us that's the wrong way to go about it. He says, if you will listen to the word of God and you will be instructed by it, then the byproduct of that and also of acquiring knowledge is you will have the other stuff that you want, okay? It says that in the next verse. It says, choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. Think about that. Nothing you desire can compare with that. Now, I've got a pretty big imagination, okay? <laughs> I could desire a lot of stuff. There's this, this beautiful Porsche that's parked in the office parking lot every day. And I keep thinking, who owns that car? <laughs> and I still don't know. It's like, I look out the window all the time to see if I can see who's driving that car. It's so beautiful. And, and there's a psychiatrist that owns a building that, that are lease. And he bought a Maserati recently. And you know what he put on the license plate? Dopamine. <laughs> I thought, man, this guy is courageous. <laughs> he drives around in a Maserati with dopamine on his license plate. I mean, dopamine works. You know, it's one of the chemicals in your brain that give you an upbeat mood. So this guy's really upbeat. He's even got it so embedded in his brain. Now he's got it on the license plate of his car. <clears throat> and he's a great guy and a really smart guy too. See? But he says, wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. So more important than having the Maserati or that Porsche that I see out in the parking lot every day is to be full of wisdom so I know what to do with my life and how to handle myself in life. It says, verse 12, I wisdom dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. See, over and over and over in Proverbs it says, get wisdom, get knowledge, get understanding. See, if you're full of wisdom and you're knowledgeable, you're really good at what you know and what you do, then God will bless all the work of your hands. And he says, I possess knowledge and discretion. See, discretion is just knowing how to talk to people, knowing the right thing to say and to do. You ever talk to people and, and sometimes you know you're going to see somebody and you dread seeing them because you know they're so cantankerous. They're so difficult to deal with. And so you just dread seeing them. Do you know people like that? And see, as you ask God to fill you with wisdom, then God just sort of gives you the right words to say to this person. Because some people just want to fight all the time. They're just so, so difficult to deal with. It's like they're real angry in their spirit. Whatever you say, they're going to pick a fight with you. I never allow that to happen to me. Why? Because I'm smarter than they are. Why? Because I read the Bible and they didn't, right? <laughs> David said, I became smarter than all my teachers 
because he loved the Word of God and stayed in the Word of God. See, and we want to be one step up on people because we know the Word of God. We know how to relate to people that are difficult to deal with. Okay? It's not about being one up on people or being smart. It's, it's really just knowing how to get along in life because the main thing people get paid for in life is the size of the problems that they solve for other people. And when you die, you know what you'll be remembered for? I've probably done over 500 funerals. And I know that what people will be remembered for is all the good that they did and all the bad that they did. See, and part of the good they did is all the problems they solved for other people. So if you want to be a real winner with people, you have to learn to acquire knowledge and learn how to fix things that are broken in people's lives. And you do that when you pray for wisdom and God begins to fill your heart with wisdom. Okay? He says, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, perverse speech, counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have understanding and power. Wouldn't you like to be able to say, man, everywhere I go, people like to talk to me because I always have something to say that's worth hearing. Wouldn't you like for people to say that about you? Well, you know, as you read the Proverbs, there are 31 chapters in Proverbs. If you want to be really wise, you read a chapter a day. And you pray every day that God will fill your heart and mind with the wisdom of these verses. And you pray this in your life. It says, get wisdom, get knowledge, get understanding. So I read that and I pray, God, fill my heart with wisdom, with knowledge, with understanding. Help me to be the smartest guy walking down the street today. See, and it's not so I can impress people with being smart. But if you know things, you can help people. I love to be around people that are smarter than me. You know why? Because now I not only know what I know, I know what they know. <laughs> And you never rise above the level of your peers. So it's really important to surround yourself with people that know all sorts of things that you don't know. I had some problems with my computer the other day, and, and I'm like real low tech, okay? I didn't learn this stuff when I was five years old like the kids today do. So I struggle with it all the time. And what frustrates me is I can push the wrong button, and everything goes crazy. <laughs> so I'm always like calling these, these geeks, you know, they used to be called nerds, then they were geeks. And now we call them computer wizards. They've really elevated their status in life through knowledge, right? Through knowledge. Yay for the geeks, man. And so I know a lot of geeks, okay? And so I call, I call our youth pastor. He's like fabulous on computers. And I said, what are you doing? He said, man, I'm sitting here reading the word. And I said, would you mind if I came by and just spent about an hour or so with you? I've got, got my computer really messed up, and I know you're really good at this. Could you help me? He said, yeah, come on by. See, and then he spent like two hours working on my computer. And I didn't even ask him to explain to me what he was doing because it's so confusing to me, I wouldn't understand anyway. Then I took him out for good Mexican food and we had a great time. <laughs> so it's a win-win deal for everybody. I got my computer fixed. We got Mexican food. Everybody's happy. And we took his wife with us too. Okay. It says, counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have understanding and power. You know, you're a really powerful person when you understand other people. See, when you, when you sit down and you talk to somebody, and you don't have to say a whole lot, but you have to validate their feelings and validate their thoughts. And, and then when you're through talking, they'll say, man, you're really smart, you know that? And you're like, well, I didn't say hardly anything. See, just the fact that you understood what they're feeling at some level, they give you great, great power and authority for knowing that. See, 
And people that are full of wisdom are full of counsel and sound judgment, understanding and power. It says, by me, kings reign and rulers make laws that are just. By me, princes govern and all nobles who rule on the earth. All nobles get that. See, God can work through anybody. God can work through pagan people to do his divine and perfect will. And he's been doing it all throughout the Bible and all throughout history. And I think he's still doing it today. I voted, man. I'm so glad. <laughs> you know, and I know I'm not supposed to be political up here. But I'm so glad for the outcome. I'm so tired of everybody berating the Christians, taking Christmas out of Christmas. I mean, what is a holiday? We're not even going to call it a holiday. I was listening to the news last night, one American news, and they said they got mad and they wanted to take Christ out of Christmas. And now they want to, like, replace the word holiday with some other deal. It's like, what is a holiday for, man? This is Christmas, right? Why should we apologize for what the holiday is really all about? It's Christ. So I get real militant just thinking about that, so just bear with me. <laughs> anyway, thank God God's will is going to be done here in the future real shortly. We believe that. Okay, he says, By me kings reign and rulers make laws that are just. By me princes govern and all nobles who rule on the earth. And then it says, I love those who love me. And those who seek me, find me. When I graduated from college, I had a lot of intellectual knowledge about the Bible. I'd gone to a Christian university, and I had a degree in theology and a minor in music. And I remember I pastored a church for three years. But I just didn't know and understand a lot about God. And it was like God was very ethereal to me. He's way up there in the cloud somewhere. You know, and it's like... God was just distant when people would talk about how much they loved God. I'd always feel so much guilt because I always felt like I'm embarrassed to tell these people, but I didn't really know God like that. See, and, and here I was, the pastor. I needed God's love more than anybody. <laughs> I can admit that now, see. But I remember when I resigned the church one day, desperately hungry to know God and to find the real God of the Bible, the God of mercy, the God of love the God of kindness and understanding. I didn't know that kind of a God. I grew up in a denomination that hammered you all the time about sin, and they were quick to remind you of, of how unworthy you were. Man, I can get bad news enough just talking to myself. What I need is somebody to encourage me and to see some kind of good in me, right? So I made a decision that I would never talk about God again until I could find the God of the Bible, the real God, the God who loved us just where we are, the God who had mercy on us, the God who gave us grace and understanding, the God who valued us in spite of ourselves. And I spent a year just reading the Bible, reading the Bible, reading the Bible. I did get a job. I had to work for a living, okay? But every evening I would come home, I would just read the Bible. I would just read the Bible. And I said, God, if you don't lie, that means everything you said in this Bible is true. Please help me to believe the Bible and believe you and change my whole life. I, I radically changed so much that people would meet me two or three years later and they'd say, what happened to you? I'd say, I got fat. <laughs> they said, no, man, really, what happened to you? <laughs> See, because I had changed so much and I used to not have a sense of humor. Life was real serious for me. It was real hard being saved and being a Christian. Like I'm struggling with sin all the time. But when I learned to just release my life to, to God, and just sort of surrender my will to God all day long, every day, and everything I did. It was amazing, the change in my life. And suddenly I started enjoying being saved. I started enjoying being a Christian. I started enjoying praying. 
instead of like going like this, here I come, God, you know, it's me again, the sinner. <laughs> I'd have probably killed me, actually, if I'd been God, but he was merciful. <laughs> and he had mercy on me. <laughs> so I'm like full of thanksgiving for all God has done in my life. He says, I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. I sought God with all my heart and soul and everything within me. And I told God, I would rather be dead than live another day like this. I'm so sick of being a sinner. I'm so sick of struggling. I need for you to somehow miraculously do in me what I could never do in myself. Help me, God. I mean, it wasn't just a little poly once I cracked a prayer, but I was really serious. And so I began to read in the Bible about how God's love is from everlasting to everlasting. And I would read and it would say things like, God is slow to anger and full of mercy. And, and I would think, man, I need all the mercy I can get. Because I grew up thinking God was always mad at me because I never lived up to the Bible. See? And I began to realize that, that God loves us more than we can imagine or dream or believe. That God's on our side. He's for us. You can say amen anytime now. <laughs> I mean, that was really good news for me to know that God was on my side. Because I always thought that God was against me because I didn't live up to it. That I wasn't holy enough and good enough. Man, when I found grace, it was like the greatest discovery of my life at that time. Grace means that God just loves you anyway, in spite of yourself. And no matter who you are and what you are and where you've been and what you've done, God loves you just as much as if you've been perfect all these years. And see, God doesn't love us anymore if we do better. His love is constant and unchanging in our life. And he just loves us and loves us and loves us because he is love. That's good news, isn't it? See, and love is not a feeling. You know, it's a counselor. People come in to my office and they'll say, well, I, I still love my spouse as a person, but I'm not in love with them. So what does that mean? You know, and they're like surprised that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that kind of love, see, because to me, love is commitment, okay? Love is hanging in when you want to let go. Love is not giving up when you feel like giving up. Love is being there and doing what you need to do when everything in you doesn't want to do it. That's real maturity, and that's real love, right? And you will not be able to do that apart from God in your life. It takes God, the Holy Spirit, empowering us and equipping us to do the right thing every day for us to live a supernatural, spirit-filled life. I found the Holy Spirit. It's like, you mean he got lost? <laughs> the Holy Spirit didn't get lost, see. But I grew up as a Baptist. Like, we're real suspect of all the charismatics because they talked a lot about the Holy Spirit. And so we saw a lot of crazy things acted out in charismatic churches. And so we were real suspect on the Holy Spirit. So there are two things we didn't mess with. We didn't mess with the devil and we didn't mess with the Holy Spirit, which is probably two of the biggest problems that you can have because you absolutely have got to be real knowledgeable about the devil and know that you've been given power and authority over him if you want to succeed in life. The Bible says at the name of Jesus, the demons tremble. See, so sometimes when I don't know what to pray and I feel like I'm under oppression, I remember that scripture and I say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then I have this picture of these demons just running like crazy because at the name of Jesus, the demons tremble, right? 
So you don't have to be a big theological scholar to really scare the devil half to death. But you do have to know the name of Jesus. Okay? I found out as I prayed for wisdom, I began to, to learn that the Holy Spirit was sent to this earth to empower and equip us to live the Christian life. And ever since I was 11 years old and I'd gotten saved, I had been trying to live the Christian life. My biggest problem was myself that I was doing all the trying. See, what God wants is not for us to try harder or be smarter. What God wants is surrender of our will every day of our life to him, 25 times a day, in everything we say and do, to surrender our will to him and to ask him to fill us with his power and presence. And as we submit ourselves to God, we, we become anointed with the Holy Spirit, and God begins to do all kinds of stuff in us that we didn't know were possible. The Bible says, call upon me, and I'll show you great and mighty things you did not know were possible. See, most people live on the periphery of Christianity. They really don't have any clue how big and powerful God is because they've not been willing to yield themselves to him and just trust God. But the whole Bible is, talks about how the Christian life is all a life of faith. See, God never meant for us to suck it up and try harder. That's the worst thing we can do. The best thing we can do is just surrender our will to God and say, God, thank you that you want to work in me. Thank you that you're giving me wisdom to know how to deal with my life. Thank you that you can do in me what I never thought I could do. And see, God begins to do all kinds of stuff with you. You begin to meet people that can bless you and empower you and help you. When I was on my destiny, my journey to find the real God of the Bible, God brought this man into my life who's the Southwest Regional Director of Campus Crusade for Christ. He was a multi-zillionaire, okay? And his house it was gigantic. And I remember he would, he would take me to his house and he would disciple me. And week after week, he would mentor me and mentor me and mentor me. And he had the most deepest, profound theological truths. And I used to think, why does he do this? I have absolutely nothing to offer him. Nothing. You know, his garage was bigger than the whole house I live in today. <laughs> but he was a great man of God. He was over 22 states in the southwestern United States for Campus Crusade for Christ. And he just loved me as a younger brother in Christ and discipled me. And every week he would talk to me about where I was with God and what I was learning about God. And he'd teach me all kind of profound theological things. And I used to think I was smart, but through knowing him, I realized I was probably the biggest dummy walking the street. Because the worst thing you can do is think you're smart, then you're unteachable. And the one thing that God can't do with a person is make them teachable. You have to let God change your heart and make you teachable so you can find wisdom and find God. He says, with me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. See, that's the key, enduring wealth. Our problem is we make a lot of money and it just goes through our hands. Just about the time you get all your bills paid off, you think you're, you're about to breathe easier, your transmission goes out and it's $2,000. You're like, what's that all about? <laughs> See, that's called life, right? Life in the big city. And so what we have to do is just yield ourselves to God. And believe that when he blesses the work of our hands, we will hang on to the money because we're going to use it in the kingdom of God and for the kingdom's work. He said, my fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of, just, of justice. Watch this. I didn't write this, right? You'd be really smart if you underline verse 21. It says, I bestow wealth on those who love me. And I make their treasuries full. See, this is God doing it. So the key in life is not to try harder, 
Not to work harder and to work smarter like everybody says, but it's to live a life of wisdom, yielded to God every day, day in and day out. And God just starts walking with us. And, and we start enjoying God. We start finding out that it's fun being saved. You know, I used to, I used to be around Christians who were almost giddy with God. And I think they sure are silly and stupid. <laughs> That's because I was serious about God, okay? <laughs> and so when I really became what I call free in the Lord, I really found God and learned to yield my life to him and, and give every aspect of my life over to God. I found it was fun just being alive. It was fun just being saved. And that every day is like a new adventure. I have no idea what today holds for me. But God knows. So I wake up every day, and the first thing I do is I thank God that I woke up, okay? <laughs> I got another day on the earth. And then I thank God for all that he's going to do in my life. And I get real excited because I have no clue what he's going to do. And I have a schedule. I work behind a plan. But it's like God works in his plan every day to do something a little differently than the way I had ordained it. And see, this is when it's fun being saved. This is when it's fun being a Christian. As you go farther on in this chapter, it says, listen to my instruction and be wise. So if you want to be really wise, just do what the Bible says. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But whoever fails to find me harms himself, and all who hate me love that. See, so what we want to do is pray that God will make us a person of profound wisdom, that when we open our mouth, we have something worth hearing, that people listen to what we have to say. And that we know that it's a word from God for them. The world's desperately wanting to hear from God. Do you know that? And they don't even know how desperate they are. But there's so much unhappiness in the world. It's because only God can supply the answer that fills their heart and makes them whole. Can you guys come on up? We're going to have the music in just a couple of minutes. And I'm going to ask y'all, if any of you would like to come down and just kneel here at the front and pray. This will be a great time for you to just relinquish your cares to God. To say, I'm going to start off 2017 by yielding my life totally to God. I'm going to become a person of great wisdom and great understanding and great knowledge. This is going to be my year when I get all the favor and inheritance from God that he told us in the Bible we could have. Don't deny yourself. God promised you that. You earned that. See, you have the right to it because God promised it. Father God, I just want to thank you for this evening for the opportunity we've had to come here and share your word tonight. We love you with all our heart and soul, God. We thank you that you've given us this opportunity to be here tonight and worship you and bring in the new year in this kind of way. So, God, I pray that 2017 will be the greatest year in each person's life that's here tonight. That 2017 will be the year of victory, the year of overcoming, the year of answered promises, the year of blessing. Thank you that you love us and care for us so deeply. Thank you that we can say yes to all the promises in the Bible, over 8,000 of them for us. So help us to appropriate them by faith and to yield our life to you and give you all the honor and all the glory and all the credit. We do this in Jesus' name. Amen.